This week on Let's Connect. Ultimately, we were put on this planet for a purpose. We were made here uniquely ourselves, perfect how we are. And the conditioning, the thoughts, the opinions, the pushback, the roadblocks, all of that stuff isn't us. This is stuff from our past, from our ancestry, from growing up, from taking others' opinions on. It's not who we are. Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Let's Connect is a podcast that interviews people from all walks of life who have inspiring stories to share about who they are and who they're becoming. As a life coach and someone who's genuinely curious about connecting with people, spirituality, mindfulness, and what this world is all about, I'm here to ask powerful questions, share my insights as well, and to really connect on a deep level to help us all grow in awareness of who we really are. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Emma Glass is a confidence and human design coach. She helps women live a life of ease, peace, and self-acceptance. And she also specializes in human design for parenting. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I am so intrigued about this system that I just learned about called human design. What exactly does that mean, human design? Emma Glass, as I was saying, is a coach who specializes in this fairly new system called human design. And uh, if you go to the jovianarchive.com website, you can find out more about human design. But just to give you a little bit of context before we dive into the interview today with Emma, uh, when I went to the website, this is what it said, human design is a system that synthesizes ancient and modern sciences and is proven to be a valuable tool for human understanding. Um, it says that the human design system that we're going to be talking about today helps you discover what makes you different from everyone else. It offers profound insights into your psychology, along with strategies and techniques for making correct decisions and ultimately leading to a life of more ease and fulfillment. I also want to say that this system is not necessarily a religious system or based on a faith uh, understanding. It's They really emphasize on the site, it's a logical, empirical system that offers you the opportunity to experiment with its mechanics and find out if it works for you. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. What does this exactly mean? So I have Emma Glass here, who's a human design coach who specializes in helping people understand this system and integrate it into the coaching platform. And it's going to be really interesting to, to hear her take on it. I know she works uh, primarily with women, with moms, and uh, in relationships as well in her coaching field. So we'll find out some tips and tools and understanding about this human design system today. Uh, I want to start us off by sharing one of my favorite quotes, uh, a quote that I heard from my mentor, Dr. Wayne Dyer. He, he quote, I think he took this from Talopa originally. Uh, Talopa writes, have a mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing. I'll say that again. Have a mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing. When I first heard that quote, it had so much profound effect on, on me. I, uh, I printed it out on my printer and I put it up on my wall at home. And it really impacted me because this idea of opening our mind to new possibility, to, as Rumi would say, selling our cleverness in our head and purchasing bewilderment. I mean, what a practice that is to move through the world with an open mind and taking things in as they are without being so quick to judge them. I, uh, As we move into this uh, talk today with Emma, I really want to encourage you to come in with an open mind because uh, this system is really new and there's it's kind of out there. It's like going into outer space. When I first started hearing Emma speaking about it, I kind of felt like it was a whole other planet. It was like a whole other culture that I wasn't familiar with. So I want to just preface before we go into the conversation that this might feel really new to you at first, uh, some of the concepts around the human design system. But the whole purpose is to open our minds today and to get curious about something maybe you haven't heard of before. We're also going to be talking on the, the conversation or in the conversation today about parenting. 
I'm not a parent myself, but I can only imagine what it's like to be a parent right now in these times of COVID and the pandemic. And like, how do we raise our kids these days um, in a way that's healthy and to, to grow them and support them in a world that is so filled by fear and anxiety and just complete change. And so I'm hoping today as well that Emma will be able to address some of this and give us her perspective as she's a mom of two little young ones as well. So with all that being said, we're going to jump into the interview right away. Just before we do, um, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying these episodes. And uh, I wanted to let you know as well, I've got some really exciting pieces coming uh, to my website soon. I'm going to be launching a new membership community in the, the early new year called, are you ready for the big reveal? It's called myconsciouscommunity.com. We're just in the middle of building it out right now. It's my hope that we're going to be able to meet more regularly as a community of people that want to live consciously in the world. And the vision I'm holding as we build out this community is a lot of interaction, meeting people that are like-minded, um, doing some deep dive work on who are we becoming? What are we dreaming about? Uh, what are the things that are getting in the way? I'm also hoping to offer some uh, group coaching sessions regularly on there to really help you guys work through whatever it is that you're going through in these challenging times. So just really excited to share that news. And uh, I'll tell you more about it in future episodes as the site becomes more and more realized. But here we are again, opening our mind to new possibilities. It's so exciting. So with that being said, let's open our mind right now and learn a little bit more about what it means to design your life in the system of human design. Uh, please meet my friend, Emma Glass. So Emma, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad that you've decided to join us here. I've been hearing so much about you from uh, my friend Lilia. I'm just so glad you're here with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I've been reading so much about human design and what the heck this means. And, you know, I'm new to the concept myself being a coach, which is kind of surprising because I've been coaching for quite a while. But this is the first time I've heard of the concept of human design. And just for our listeners to start with, can you give us a little bit of background about what human design is? Yes. So when you think of all of the energy in the world, we are all affected by it in some capacity. So just as the sea is affected by tides and sun and moon, we are too, but we don't acknowledge it as mu that much. So the same with astrology and um, movements of the planets, right? So when we were born, we had this flow of energy come through us in some capacity from the moon, from the shifting of the earth to everything else. And that is up to us to unwrap, to see our truest self. It's basically the plumbing of the house and then all the other layers are conditioning from everything else. Wow. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. So yeah. when, when I was reading a little bit about it as well, you were mentioning in some of your writing that there's something about the sun energy putting out like trillions of, I couldn't remember the terminology, cellular something that we're absorbing in our body all the time. Can, can you explain that a little bit more for us? Yeah. So uh, um, this is very, it goes so deep, right? This is like such a deep thought process to really comprehend yeah. is that um, our body is made of energy and that's how we are all connected. Mm -hmm. And that is the piece that um, we neglect to sometimes realize is that we are all encompassing and we are all one and we are all made by the same particles. But in some way, this energy that hits us, it affects us different. So that's what makes us unique. Wow, so interesting. And I'm curious like how the actual system works in relationship to like having a coaching session with you. How does that all integrate? Yep, so basically when you pull your human design chart, and again, it's based on your birthday, um, the time of the exact time you're born and the birthplace, the exact time where the planets and the earth, everything was aligned because that's the energy that you're working off of. So when you pull your chart, it literally looks like hieroglyphics. It looks like a foreign language that you have no idea what you're looking at. And then from there, we unpack it. I like to say it's very much like an onion where you start with one layer, um, 
which I cover very basic. And then from there, it's layer upon layer. And the deeper you go, the more unique um, you realize different traits about yourself that aren't like everybody else. This sounds a lot like astrology to me. Is there any correlation to astrology with this system at all? Yes, they do um, overlap in a way, but astrology is not as um, specified to each person. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so just to give people a little bit of context of what we're going to be talking about in the interview, because when I first read this, I mean, it felt like it was a mix between sort of a scientific system and a spiritual system. Like it seemed like there was a bridge between those two worlds happening in how you chart out people's um, human design, so to speak. Is that, am I getting that right? Totally. Yep. And so there is a totally another, another layer to that, the scientific side where the specific DNA is actually linked to different gates. So you go on a very cellular level also, but that's, that's a whole other conversation, a deeper one. Um, but what we work with really is figuring out who the person is and then shedding off the physical um, roadblocks that have come into their life, whether it's conditioning from who they grew up, who they were raised by, um, their ancestry, and then lifting all those layers up to get the, to their truest self so that they can make the decision going forward of who they actually want to be. Wow. It's fascinating. It, it reminds me so much of, uh, I've been studying in Hawaiian shamanism for a number of years, and they talk about the Akashic records, like the, and you, I, you say DNA from our past, but just like all the cellular memory that's ever happened to us and to our ancestors that is carried along with us. And I, I'm curious, is, is that included in this system as well when you're taking people into account? Um, it's not included in the actual physical um, human design, but that is something that I work with people very much on is um, the conditioning from the past. Wow. Amazing. So, okay. Take me all the way back. Cause <laughs> Emma, I'm like, I'm curious about like how this all started for you and how you came across this, this whole human design practice and program. Yeah. It's one of those things that kind of fell into my lap and I heard trickles of it, whisperings of it. And then finally I dove in and it was kind of a smack in the face and another <laughs> in the best word possible. So I, um, backstory, my whole life, I've always felt like I was the, um, you know, the one to be pushed. I was the hard child growing up. I was, you know, don't mess with Emma or, oh, she's being difficult or she never listens. Um, that's literally down to a T everyone coined me as this person, the person who wasn't the one in the family. Like I was, I always felt like I was a misfit. Wow. What was that like and for you? Just out of curiosity. Was, yeah, it was hard. It was really hard. I just never understood why. I think that was like my, I just never understood why I never got it. Um, it even came down to, we had a kindergarten graduation and instead of walking across the bridge, like everybody else, I walked around the bridge. Mm, wow authentic. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and my mom was like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Like this is my child, but she never understood why. So I've gone through my entire life. I've tried everything under the sun. I went to college for engineering. Um, I interned at a law office, finished in fashion design, did yoga teacher training. I've tried it all. And I've been on this path of, hum of personal development, again, since I was 13 years old, my mom was into it. So I've been on this road of always discovering myself. And if it didn't feel right, I'm going to go to the next thing. Mm. I found human design um, maybe about eight, nine months ago. And I dove hard in, like hard. And when I found out as a manifester, that was the first thing I was like, this is why it's different. This is why, this is who I am. I get this. And then I dive more and I understand my mom and the people around me and my husband and my children. And what I really came to realize was the work that I'm doing for myself is not for me. It's about my kids. It's about setting the legacy up for future generations to have the freedom to be themselves. Wow. That's very powerful. Um, you talk about being a manifester. And I'm curious if you could explain what, what that means exactly. Yes. 
So there are four different types, technically five different types of people in this world. Um, and there's a lot of us, a lot of people in the world make up generators, which is our life force energy. So that's why it's so important for people to live in this high vibration because we need our manifestors to be living in their best selves. So there's generators, um, there's manifesting generators, there's reflectors, projectors, and manifestors. And okay. manifestors make up about 10% of the world, which isn't a lot. So for me, that's also like, aha, you are very different than everybody. And that's okay. And that's good. Um, but what a manifestor is, it's somebody who is the spark. They are the trailblazer, the initiator, um, the people who you don't say no to, <laughs> the people who are going to do their own thing. And without any sort of repercussion, they're going to do it anyway. Wow. So you can understand growing up as a child with this internal pool, like how a parent must feel. Yeah, no kidding. Absolutely. Do you how know does what that, you are? Pardon me? Did Do I know what I am? Yeah. I have no idea yet what I am. I'm, I'm like actually so intrigued. Like you said, there's a manifester, generator, reflector, and projector. Those are the, the four different types of people. Is that right? Yes. That you can be in the system. And like, if, if we were to distinguish them, or if you could just speak a bit more about the differences between them. Like, so I'm getting a sense of the manifester energy. It sounds very, like the word authentic keeps coming to me. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you could just speak a little bit more about all four, I can give you a better sense of where I am maybe once I hear them all. Yeah. So manifester is like super intense, the lion, the initiator. Um, then you go to, in no order at all, but generators are the doers in the world. So they are the ones who have the energy to get a lot done. And they're the ones who, um, you know, wake up early, work out, go to a long, a long day and they're so good. They come home, they make dinner and then they can read a book and then go to bed. They have the energy. Yeah. And then the projectors are the ones who have limited energy too. They're only actually supposed to give fully three hours a day of energy. Hmm. So they are the people who can see the bigger picture. They, um, they're very intelligent because they can see the big picture, but also they sometimes get pushback because they interject their opinions when they're not asked for. Hmm. And projectors, <laughs> is that you? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm still taking it all in. <laughs> Curious. Yeah. Um, they're also very sensitive. They can feel emotion very well. Um, yeah. Their auras, they actually can, they pull people's, um, their conditioning in. So they take on people's thoughts, people's everything. Interesting. And then, yeah. and then the reflector has um, what we call, if you pull a human design chart, there's defined and undefined centers. And a reflector, basically, they don't have any defined centers. So that means that they can actually mirror you. So reflectors are super rare. But when you're in front of a reflector, you can actually see yourself. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Hence, I'm guessing the word reflector. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, well, what I'm curious about, is it possible to have a combination of these or are we exclusively one in the system? So there is a called a manifesting generator. So it is a combination of a manifestor and a generator, mm. but they're still technically in the generator field. Okay. Um, what I would say is if you are feeling if you say, if it, the chart says you're something and you're feeling a different way to go back to the conditioning of how you are raised. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Say a bit more about conditioning of how you were raised. How, how would you figure that out? Yeah. So my grandmother and my mom pretty primarily raised me. I was with them the most. My grandmother is a generator. So she's the doer. She's the one who makes family meals all the time. She cooks, she cleans. She was there to, to do it all. My mom was a projector. She is a projector. So she always kind of felt like she fell up short. So she always joked that, oh, the cooking and the cleaning skipped a generation. Mm. Right? God. So then when I came to being, I was raised by a generator mostly. And my mom, who tried to be a generator to fit in, mm. 
And so in my head, I had to do, 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 be, 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 go, go, go. And really the manifesto is about the urges. So when I feel the urge to do something, that's when I go. And then I feel this intense urge to slow down. And then I have to slow down. Oh, interesting. Wow. This is fascinating to me that um, <laughs> we, we gravitate to these different places in terms of who we are and how we show up on the planet. I'm curious, like how, how does somebody figure out their human design chart? Like what's the process of that look like? Uh, yeah, so there's um, a great and easy website that you can pull it. Like I said, it looks like another language, <laughs> but you can okay. pull it and look at it. Um, uh -huh. It's on a website and you can put it in the show notes. It's jovianarchive.com and you can pull it with your birth information. And from there, you'll see, again, all this information, but that's where it really does make sense to reach out to anybody who knows what they're talking about in this, because it won't make any sense to you if you look at it. Interesting. So what, just describe, like, what is, what does the output look like when you get a, a human design chart? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So it looks, um, so you have different energy centers throughout the body. So there's these different shapes uh -huh. and they're either colored in or not colored in. And then there's lines that connect to them. And again, they're colored and they could be red, they could be black, and that all has a different meaning. Then wow. there's different numbers all over the place. When I tell you it looks like hieroglyphics or something you would find in a cave from hundreds of years ago, that's what it would look like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Emma, like as we're talking about this, I imagine there's people listening that might be a little confused because it feels like, at least I'm, I'm feeling like it feels like learning a different language or culture or way of being in the world that feels quite foreign to me, like as we're talking. And I'm, I'm curious, like what your experience has been like sort of bridging the worlds between sort of the, the unaware of this and helping people become aware, like what's that been like? And how do you kind of bridge those two worlds together? Yeah, that's, that is an awesome question. And it's one that's definitely been coming up and has come up. Uh -huh. um, we were made, ultimately, we were put on this planet for a purpose. We were made here uniquely ourselves, perfect how we are. And the conditioning, the thoughts, the opinions, the pushback, the roadblocks, all of that stuff isn't us. This is stuff from our past, from our ancestry, from growing up, from taking others' opinions on. It's not who we are. So in order to live your best life, your most perfect life, to then provide that for your family and so forth, it's up to us to wipe that stuff away, to really just be aware of who we are, because when we can be aware, we can authentically choose how we want to move forward. I love that. How, how do we figure out who we are underneath all of that conditioning? That's where the human design chart comes in. It has every single piece is a piece of a puzzle. And it's not for me to tell you what exactly to do with your life or what you should be doing. It's an experiment. You try things on, you see if it fits, you see how it feels. And the amount of text messages I get or messages I get from people from like weeks later, months later, that says, hey, I just realized that I'm doing this and it's because of this. And it's more of the awareness tool to bring um, yourself into true awareness. Wow. I love that. I'm guessing there must be some correlation between this human design chart and system and the practice of mindfulness as I start hearing you mention the words awareness. Mm -hmm. Could you speak a little bit about that as well? Yes. And I'm, I'm sure you can speak to how this is like making you connect those dots in some capacity. Um, yeah. But when you are um, like, what comes up for me right away is just mindfulness around being a mom. So I have two little littles, like three years old and not even two. And we are, it's almost like we have this innate nature. We know how to be a mom, but we don't, actually know how to step back and be a mom. Hmm. So it's definitely um, awareness of decisions you're making. So for example, again, in, hum in human design, you have a different um, authority and that is how you are supposed to make decisions. So some people have that innate, 
uh-huh, uh-uh response. And some people like me, I need to sleep on things at least 48 hours in order to make a, a decision. Wow. So using those tools to even to be so mindful as to tap into, okay, am I actually listening to that really gut response or am I overthinking something? Wow. Yeah. Awareness, <laughs> present moment awareness of how am I being while I'm doing is what it sounds like. Yes. Wow. I, you know, you speak about being a, a mom and wow, I, I know that there's, I guarantee there's moms listening to this episode. And I'm curious, just based in the times we're in, the world we're in right now, what do you see are some of like the most uh, challenging aspects of being a mom these days? Oh, geez. Um, yeah. So I would say a, <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> I know it's, it's a lot. <laughs> I've got time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, if you really want to know, um, I, yeah. So right now we are, there's a few things. So one, we are with our kids a lot more mm -hmm. um, with like school changing. I don't know how it is like by you guys, but like down here, schools are changing and um, kids are home a lot more. So they have the option of going to school or not going to school. So you're with your family a lot more. And I think even that in and of itself is huge because not only is your mom with your kids around more, but sometimes your dad's around more. So the whole dynamic of your house is changing in some capacity. So having the awareness of who your kids are allows you to communicate better with them. So yes, I have little littles, but they are both generators. I'm a manifester. My husband's a projector. We all communicate so different in our house, but we <laughs> all know this about each other. And I know my kids have to get outside and run for an hour. Hmm. Wow. So it's, again, it sounds like, it's, I just want to get this right. To figure out your kid's design chart was simply entering their birthdays into the system. And it gave you their design chart about who they are and where they land in the categories. Is that correct? Yeah. That's incredible. So then it helps you navigate as a mom, it sounds like, in terms of how you're going to, yeah, like, for example, sending them out to run or not. That's so interesting. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm also curious, too, like, I've noticed this sort of trend in our culture of uh, what we call, like, the helicopter parent. Are you familiar with that term? Yeah. helicopter parent and I just I see so many and it's not just moms I see dads too I see parents like really like overly protecting their children these days in that sort of helicopter way and I'm just just your perspective on it I'm curious why you think um or why do you think that trend has become so prominent in our world these days I my gut instinct is saying it's a fear-based thing hmm um, fear-based and again, I, we are, so if you look back generational, um, you know, before this, it was dads went to work, mom stayed home, mm -hmm. um, kids went to school. Like that was kind of just what happened. Dynamics are shifting so much right now. Like in the past, you know, 20, 50, even 40 years, things are shifting, but from what we know to be true from our ancestry, things are changing and people aren't quite sure how to keep up. So what do we do when we can't keep up? We get scared, right? So we go into this fear-based state and what else can you do as a parent besides just sit back and be scared? Our instinct is to be hands-on and keep them safe because we want to keep right. them safe. <laughs> Absolutely. So the thing that... Um, Human design and without, it's this idea that I know I'm working on too is creating boundaries, but boundaries that are flexible. Um, so not metal-based boundaries, they're wood. So they can, they can, they can bow, they can, they can move. So instead of creating such structured, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do, telling them, you know, here's a room, just don't leave the room. Wow. Got it. That sounds uh, like a really good plan is to create the boundaries. I'm curious, and I'm trying to remember what type that would land in. Which type out of these four in the human design chart would be, it's got to be a certain way, like they're very rigid or kind of um, 
precise. So to set boundaries would be challenging. I'm trying to think which one that would be, or is there one? Is that projector? Uh, yeah, boundaries are challenging for everybody. But so projectors likes um, projectors like having step by step things and outlines. Yeah. So by giving them a like an outline of like, okay, this is what you're gonna do. This is an idea we can do now. This is what we can do next. This is what we can do next. They would like that. Um, okay. But my son is a manifesting generator, so he he is in his own world. He if he doesn't do it his way, then shit's gonna hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> so so I can, I tell him I'm like, okay, great. If you want to stand on that couch and jump on the couch, if you fall, it's gonna hurt. Wow. Right. Wow. Right. I can't be like, okay, get off the couch. It's going to, you're going to fall because he's still going to want to do it. So he needs right. to learn that if he does that, I tell him what's going to happen. And then he's like, oh wait, maybe mommy does know something. Hmm. This, this is great. This reminds me of um, the, the book, the prophet. There was, uh, it's, it's kind of an old book, I think from the sixties and I'm totally paraphrasing, but they say like your, your children come through you but not for you in the mm -hmm. sense that like they're coming through, but they're their own little people that are here to figure out their own lessons and ways of being. And um, not that we, you know, can't set boundaries, but to interfere with that process is, um, can actually be kind of harmful. What, what's your thoughts on that? A hundred percent. Just even from personal prep, like personal experience, my, being a manifester, you are all about your voice. Like your throat is lit up. So when you are told that you're being hard or, Hey, you need to listen more. Um, or even in school, stop talking mm. as simple as that. Yeah. You know, like you are, I'm shut down. I am already like, okay, I can't be myself. It makes sense. I it's, such a challenging thing as I'm listening to you speak about how to know um, what somebody needs on the other side of the relationship. Um, I think about just even parenting. <laughs> I'm not a parent yet myself, although I really hope one day I will be. Um, but it's interesting when we get into relationship with each other, how to know what the other person needs. And especially if somebody doesn't have a human design chart at the moment to know what makes them tick or what they need. Like, just curious, any any suggestions or advice about how to like really um, move into that space of stronger, empowered relationships that are flowing and working? Mm, yes, I would suggest the people in your immediate life pulling their charts, even the basic types, knowing the basic types will help you tremendously, whether you're a manifestor, projector, generator, reflector. Mm. Um, you know, like your parents, like literally anybody in your immediate circle, knowing their chart off the bat will give you access to how to communicate with them. Now, if it's somebody that, you know, your next door neighbor that you're not that close with, that you're having some kind of feud with, um, it's the awareness of yourself to take on, um, not taking it personally, first of all, and starting to bring the mindfulness and awareness that people are allowed to be different they might not be the same as you and that's okay. Hmm. <laughs> I love that. I, uh, wow. There's, I was like so many questions spinning around in my head for you around parenting and relationships, specifically with this human design chart. I'm just laughing. It's like, um, if I had, I have actually wonderful neighbors, but if I had some sort of tiff going on with my neighbor, I'd, I'd be more inclined now to ask them what their birthday is and the year they were born. So I could go, secretly get their human design chart and figure out how I can <laughs> handle the situation properly. I love this. It's hilarious and awesome. Um, I'm, I'm also curious about like, I'm kind of flipping between relationships and, uh, and parenting here because we're kind of in this world of it. I, with when you're parenting your kids, I, I often hear this phrase as well. And it comes kind of for me out of the school system of problem child. Mm -hmm. um, we hear that that word used sometimes, you, know, you have a problem child. It's like the nightmare of a parent to receive the problem child <laughs> comment on a report card. Is there such a thing in your mind? And like, why, why do we call people, like, why is that? <laughs> why do we say problem child? No, there's no such thing as a problem child. It's Yay, I agree. <laughs> totally agree. I don't think so. Um, I think <laughs> it is, it's, it, the school system's hard because 
how the school system set up for better or worse is it's this is the curriculum this is what you're supposed to do this is what you're not supposed to do it's very black and white it doesn't leave a lot of room for um the gray area so when a kid doesn't fit into that black and white school system then it's like okay now okay now you're a problem because you don't fit into this mold right so i don't no i don't i 100 percent don't think it's a problem child i I'm pretty sure I was coined a problem child um, because people just didn't know how to communicate with me or, um, you know, to give me options or give me freedom. They kind of make a joke that says, um, you know, give a manifestor a cell phone at the age of 11 and they'll figure it out. So it's like, <laughs> or like my project or my generator daughter, she loves puzzles. She is not even two. If I put a puzzle in front of her, she will be in front of it for like an hour. If I pull her away from it before she stops, she finishes it. She throws a full tantrum. But if I'm like, Hey, Blakely, when you're done with this, can we go? She'll say yes. That's amazing. Wow. It's amazing. It's almost like you can predict behavior based on the patterns that somebody's showing up in, in their human design chart. Like it's, it's, if we really know that, that piece. Um, wow. Another thing I, I you, you mentioned in like I was reading up on you in your bio and you mentioned that early on speaking of school you uh, we have something in common we both went to Catholic school early on and having to wear uniforms and have all these rules in place I'm curious what that was like for you um, you know just being the personality type that you are I was the problem child there for sure quote unquote <laughs> I, I yeah. pushed my limits hard. Um, again, it's like hindsight. I wish I would have known this. I wish my mom would have known this about me. Um, mm -hmm. She would have given me such different freedom. And I think I wouldn't have felt so boxed in. So mm -hmm. I, I've done a, I've had a few funny fashion choices when I was younger. And what I realized it's because I had no other choices or no other, you know, I didn't have a say in a lot of things. So this is my way of showing that I could do something different and be myself. And so in kindergarten, I made the choice. I didn't have any decisions of literally anything from head to toe that you could see. So I wore my one-piece bathing suit under my school uniform, my Speedo one-piece bathing suit, and rock that for a while because that is the only <laughs> control I had. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. You were defying the system just totally here. You can't wear earrings. You have to wear a certain kind of uniform. You can't You can't do this and that. And you're like, well, I'm, then I'm going to wear my swimsuit underneath my uniform. That is the coolest thing ever. I love it. Even then, just your authenticity was, was shining. I, I'm curious, like as we're talking about this, um, and I know for me as well, like a, a theme that comes up as we're talking is around self-acceptance. And mm -hmm. I sense from you that there has been a journey to this place of self-acceptance. I don't sense it was always that way. I don't think for any of us, like we come into the world and all of a sudden we're told we're not enough and all these things. Like, what's you, how does somebody move from a place of self-doubt to a place of learning how to accept themselves? Mm, yeah, so I work through this a lot with some people. Um, so confidence is actually just the self-assurance in yourself and your qualities and your capabilities. So confidence is that self-assurance. Now, I would almost question how can anybody be self-assured if you don't know who your true self is? Yeah. Um, so getting down to just knowing yourself, you can speak with confidence of like who you're supposed to, who you're supposed to be speaking to, how you're supposed to be speaking to them. Um, you know, take steps back when you're supposed to be taking steps back. So just by knowing your true self, that's when you can step into your um, your confidence and your self assurance and be um, just very much aligned. I yeah, it was never, it wasn't always like this because again, I always felt I felt like I was different, and I don't know. I'm sure some it's this resonates. I'm sure with some people, um, just that feeling of like I know I'm not like everybody else. There's something going on, and to have the awareness of why that is is the biggest piece for me. Mm, interesting. And the why is the human design system, it sounds like, in terms of mm -hmm. that. I This is also, we're all over the map, but this, this is also bringing up something that I've recently become more aware of myself is, and maybe you could 
I mean, you don't know my human design chart. Is it something that I could just like give you my birthday and you'd know what I am? Or was it more detailed than that? No, I, yeah, you'd have to go online and search it. I'm totally going online to search this, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I recently have just discovered about myself. I, um, you know, I've been a performer most of my life. I started in music and then I got into teaching yoga in front of a class and, you know, now I'm hosting a podcast and I do a lot of keynote talks. And I find that in that sort of archetype of being a performer, um, sometimes like I don't actually know who I really am because I'm sort of playing the role that's needed based on the whatever it is so if, you know if i'm a podcast host i've got, i'm a certain way if i'm you know teaching yoga i'm a certain way if i'm not in the public eye and i'm just hanging out with my wife i'm a certain way and i find it sometimes really hard to discern who am i like what's my truth who am i really and i'm curious just from the perspective of the human design system if, if there's any insight that helps with understanding who we truly are versus who we think we should be or sort of playing the roles that we tend to play on the surface, you might say. Just, mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on that? Yes, um, there's, there's definitely spots for that. And I would say that it is possible that inside of your chart could be like supporting others and it could be through being a performer. And I have no idea what your chart says, but inside that chart it could be those those pieces that are like okay i am on the right road and yes this makes sense mm, got it so it would give some clarity to the different patterns that are playing out mm -hmm, yeah i think i think it's fascinating we're meeting right now as well just because um this weekend is my birthday so it's just timely that this is all working out and i i just i also i feel like i could share this with, i i'm having this epiphany um just recently, my birthday is November 8th. And all those numbers in November 8th, to me, represent um, like infinite, like 1108 are all symbols of like infinity. And mm -hmm. you were talking earlier about how we're all connected. And I just feel like there's something around that in terms of my life purpose that has to do with connecting <laughs> and like this, this saying of like spiritual being having a temporary human experience, it gets, it gets me thinking about that. So I'm like, I'm so inclined to ask you like your perspective as well on that, that piece of connectivity and spirituality. And like, what is that to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I, so in my chart, I have this piece, which again, like all this stuff, I, I felt from before I even knew my chart. And that's what you'll start to realize too, is things you'll, you'll hear and you'll, it's almost like a self-assurance that you're like, yeah, I already knew that, but thank you for telling me because now I really know it. So a piece of me is that I can, um, the best word I have is like a mediator. So I can see every side of people. Like I can understand both sides. And the whole idea of being connected is so beautiful. And that's, I don't, I don't think that we talk about that piece enough is that we're all well, constantly comparing to each other instead of um, bridging the gaps and bringing people together and showing that there are so many beautiful things that interlock us. Um, yes. But then there's also so many pieces that make us uniquely amazing in our own superpowers. Um, and so celebrating people more for the superpowers that they have and that we're also connected rather than comparing to each other. How can we do that? Like, how can we move towards celebrating people in that connected way versus the separation of, you know, judgment and all of that? I think, I think you and I are on a good start. I think that's what we're trying, aren't we? <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> I definitely feel that, that space for sure. The words non-judgment just came up for me. It's like so easy to judge versus to accept. Like, and that goes for ourself and, you know, the people around us. That's, that's kind of ringing through as we're talking about this particular area. Yeah, How about you? Oh, for sure. Non-judgment's huge. But I, again, I think that goes back to our past, our conditioning. Um, you know, it goes from an early age when if mom or dad put something in your head of like, oh, that person, blah, 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 blah. And then that sticks with you forever um, from any, from a, very somewhere deep down it's there that feeling that that type of yeah. judgment so 
and again, it's an insecurity. It's a fear. We all, all of us ultimately want to be liked and accepted by others. Yeah. Yeah. There's like this human need. It feels like for that. And, uh, wow. I just, I'm just totally blown away by this piece of just growing towards accepting ourselves for who we are. It makes, I feel like that makes it easier to accept others as well is when we have that self-acceptance piece together. It's like a lot easier to, to see with the eyes of acceptance. So, wow. So I'm, I'm curious you're too. Not, you're not judging yourself anymore. You know, you're so, so in, sure about yourself. So then the other stuff melts away. Yeah, exactly. One of the best challenges I was ever given was from my dad who said, um, he challenged me for a week to stand in front of a mirror for a minimum of five minutes a day and just with the heart, not the head, say, I love you. Whoa, was that challenging to confront myself in front of the mirror and actually say those words and feel them. It, I, at first, I didn't even want to go to the mirror. It's just, it's crazy how we're so um, inclined to reject ourselves at such, you know, early ages from, like you say, the the memory of what we've been programmed or picked up along the way from different people's stories and beliefs. It's bizarre. Mm -hmm. I, I'm curious, because um, as we're talking about this as well, I, I know that you do coaching work. I'm curious what the sessions uh, look like when you're coaching with people. What's the process look like there? Yeah, so we usually people come to me because they think they're or there for something. And ultimately, it's something way deeper than that that we get to. That's, so we start, you know, very um, human design. We talk about um, why they think they're there. You know, we go through, we salt, we go through that transformation and what comes out of it nine, 9.9 .9 out of 10 times is it's something way deeper that we're actually working through um, conditioning that lies so deep that they didn't even know they had oh. um, ultimately bring that your truest self of your human design up to the surface. Wow. How did you get into the profession of coaching? That's, that's a good loaded question too. <laughs> it's a loaded um, question. <laughs> yeah. So my whole life I've been like since the age of 13, so 13, I went through this big transformation. My parents got divorced when I was young. So I had this anger that I never knew I actually had. And I went through this when I was 13 years old, got rid of the anger, um, kept doing these courses 16 i did this advanced course and i was the youngest kid the youngest person by like 30 years 20 years and that took me on my journey to just start this um realizing that there's something bigger something bigger than i am and there's um, this energy inside of me that is shift like you can shift it and you can transmute it and change it so i've had this awareness my entire uh, for a lot of my life and every time I find a new, go into a new field, it's always ends up coaching someone. I always end up goal coaching or vision coaching or helping people. Um, it's just, it's something that's inside of me. So I can't say it was like, oh, well, this is what I wanted to do forever, but it's something that kept coming up. And now it's, I'm in this lane and it feels really good. Yeah, totally. I could see that being the case. What I'm so appreciating about you, Emma, is like you have just in my perspective of meeting you here, such a realness about you. It's like this authentic realness that it's like so easy to have a conversation with you. And I think that's one of the best attributes of a coach is someone that makes you feel safe and that they're real. They're not just like turning up the dial to be like, I'm a coach. It's it's really authentically real. Mm, I appreciate that because, yes, that that hits home to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can really feel it. And I I want to um, encourage people to, to check out the work you're doing as well. I, I'm going to give people the website here and I'll put it in the show notes. It's emmanellglass.com and Nell is N-E-L-L -L, and Emma's with two M's, emmanellglass.com. And I noticed on your site that people can sign up to have a uh, session with you and maybe also do some of this human design work. Is that correct? Yes. And things are um, shifting a little bit. So things are getting released very soon or will be. And um, yeah, so they can definitely work with me. Okay. I hear like there's some new tools maybe coming very soon. Is that correct? Yes. 
exciting. I can feel the excitement brewing here on that. <laughs> so <laughs> please go check out Emma's site because she's. I sense that uh, there's a few pieces that are going to be showing up there soon around human design as well. So yes, it's it's going to be some good stuff, some new tools, um, tangible stuff. The cool the human design in general is newer. It's in like it's a very newer concept to a lot of people because uh -huh. right you even said you really haven't heard of it. And what we're noticing is in the field right now is it's very um, scientific and matter of fact, but that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. People want to see how it relates to their life. Yes. So that is, that's our, my mission with creating stuff um, that makes it very relatable through my stories, through my personal experiences, through other people's personal experiences, rather than, okay, this is what you are. Um, but how does it, what does it actually mean? How does it play out? I love that. There's that realness coming through as well that makes it accessible and easy to relate to. I, you know, I have one more question that I forgot to ask you um, because people are probably like, human design, this sounds like an amazing system. How did it originate? Like, who designed the human design system? Yes. And I'm 100% probably going to butcher his name. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so, Rahu, 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 Rahu. Again, okay. butchering his name. But What's he the, designed. What's the origin or the culture of, of how, how do you say his name? Rahu Rahu? It's R-A-U-R-U-H-U. Okay. I'm going to call yeah. him Ra just for now. <laughs> I'm curious yeah. what, what so culture he, or origin that is. So he, it, was, it was this man and he had this experience. And basically all of this stuff was downloaded into his brain. And it is like the most beautiful thing of how it aligns scientifically, spiritually, um, you know, with like astrology and um, with DNA, like this stuff aligns so well. And this person was like basically given the steps to share with the world, which is such a profound, I cannot like for us to comprehend that seems way too big to comprehend. Yeah. I cannot even imagine having that much information and then being able to share that with people and to be that attuned like that connected and attuned to the spiritual side to download that and then for it to correlate with science that's incredible and wow. then for people to have life-changing moments and to really uh -huh. um, use it right because you can say yeah. i have this the stuff but for people to actually have these life-changing moments and to change their relationships in their future is what makes it amazing Wow, that's incredible. Well, I am so excited about this system that is becoming uh, known in the world. And I just so appreciate you for bringing it in accessibly to all of us. Um, Emma, thanks for being on the podcast today and, and sharing your work and your message uh, with our audience. Thank you so much for being here. Mm, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was so fun to talk to you. Same here. <laughs> All right, well, that concludes another episode of Let's Connect, and I hope that it's inspired you as much as it has me. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember to subscribe to both the YouTube channel and the podcast channel, and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Let's Connect.